the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. I read these verses and I think, oh Lord, how often do I miss seeing you? Because I'm so focused on other things. Because my eyes are fixed on something else, something other than you. Not a false god necessarily, not an idol necessarily, but just something else that has my attention, has my focus. And I don't even see the Lord because I'm so fixed on something else. The Lord is glorious, completely and utterly amazing in the things He's created, in the ways He works in people's lives, and in the blessings He bestows on believers. Yet, as Pastor Dan explains today, it's all too common to completely miss the glory and presence of the Lord. People can have their eyes on the problems in the world and not on God. If you're not looking and listening for God, you'll miss Him. Open your eyes and let Jesus be what you see. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 10 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. going to be back in the study of Ezekiel. Uh, So if you want to turn to Ezekiel chapter 10 for me. Uh, We're also going to look at a passage in Matthew chapter 27. So if you'd like to turn there as well, or mark that in your Bible, I should say. Ezekiel chapter 10. Here in Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel's chapters 8 through 11, Ezekiel uh, receives this vision from the Lord. Uh, now, visions in the Bible are, uh, are, are a supernatural way that God communicates to people. It's a supernatural revelation from God. Uh, and visions, of course, are not the only way God communicates to people. Uh, we, we see in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 1, it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And so Hebrews tells us that God used various ways to speak to us. uh, And his greatest revelation, of course, is his Son, Jesus Christ, One way God spoke in the Bible is through visions. And Ezekiel received a vision from God. And and if you remember in this vision, Ezekiel, who was in Babylon, he was lifted up and carried back to Jerusalem and carried to the temple in Jerusalem. 
And God walked Ezekiel around the temple and showed him all of the idolatry that was taking place in the temple there in Jerusalem. And so that was his, the vision that, he's, that he has. A very, very vivid, high-definition, physical, visible revelation from God. And in the Bible, when a person receives a vision from God, they know that it's a, a vision from God. There's no, there's no confusion about what it is they're, they're seeing. You know, I, I, point, I point that out about visions in the Bible because uh, Christians use that word visions quite a bit, a vision. They talk about a vision. And Christians kind of uh, misuse the word or use it in an unbiblical uh, way. And we kind of throw the word around and say things like, what's the vision that God gave you? Share with me the vision. Tell me the vision. Or God gave me a vision of what I'm supposed to be doing. And I understand what people mean when they, they say that, but they usually don't really mean a, a vision as it's used in the, in the Bible. They don't mean like some kind of supernatural revelation from God. Maybe they do. God still gives visions to people. Uh, in fact, we're told in Acts chapter 2 that in the last days, God will give dreams and visions and prophecy to people. So th- th- that's something that God still uses today. But usually when you hear someone use that word today, uh, they really mean that God has impressed something upon their heart or they think that God is telling them to do something or they have something that maybe they've envisioned that God wants them to do. And it's not really this visual revelation that God has shown them, as we know a vision in the Bible is. Again, God can still use visions, and God still gives visions like that. Uh, but that's not usually what people are talking about when they use that word today. Uh, if you look back in chapter 8, uh, verse 1, Ezekiel was sitting in his house in Babylon, uh, meeting with the elders of Israel when he received this vision. Now, Jews meeting in houses in Babylon, uh, it, that's believed to be the origin of synagogues. Synagogues began when they were in Babylon. Uh, and they couldn't go to the temple in Jerusalem. They started meeting in homes together, like the elders are meeting with Ezekiel in his home. Uh, and so, uh, that's the origin of the modern synagogue. A synagogue became you know, a meeting place where they could meet and discuss the scriptures and study the scriptures and the commandments of God. So Ezekiel receives this vision in chapters 8, 9, 10, and 11. And in chapter 10, where we pick it up tonight, the vision continues in verse 1. And I looked... And there in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubim, there appeared something like a sapphire stone having the appearance of the likeness of a throne. Ezekiel, remember, he sees this vision of God's throne and God and his glory. That's what he's describing here. Then he spoke, God spoke to the man clothed with linen And said, go in among the wheels under the cherub, fill your hands with coals of fire from among the cherubim and scatter them over the city, the city of Jerusalem. And he went in as I watched. So God now speaks to the man here 
uh, that is dressed in in linen. We first met this man back in chapter nine last week. He was described as having an ink horn, which was something that a scribe used. He's dressed in linen, which was the clothing of priests. Uh, In chapter nine, if you remember, he went through the city of Jerusalem and he placed a mark on the forehead of all those who would be spared from God's judgment. Uh, He placed a mark on the people who sighed and mourn, mourn for the state of the nation and those that had the mark. They were saved from God's judgment. Uh, Many people believe that this priestly figure with the ink horn is Jesus Christ himself. And we can't say that conclusively, but some believe it's it's a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And now in chapter 10, this priestly figure, if it is Jesus, uh, he, he takes coals of fire from the throne of God and he spreads the fire all over the city of Jerusalem, burning the city of Jerusalem. So this priestly figure, he provides salvation from judgment. And then this priestly figure brings judgment and destruction to the city. And with the two advents of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ came to the earth the first time to die on the cross for the sins of the world to provide salvation for mankind. He will come a second time to bring judgment and to bring destruction. So first time he comes as a suffering servant, bringing salvation, he'll come again as as judge, judging the earth and bringing destruction. The earth will be judged by a fire at the end of the age, just as Jerusalem was judged by fire. And so this person takes fire from the throne of God, burns Jerusalem to the ground. Now, historically, 586 B.C., the Babylonians under King Nebuchadnezzar conquered Jerusalem and burned the city to the ground. But here we get a glimpse, you know, behind the curtains, if you if you will. If you remember the movie, The Wizard of, the, of Oz, with the uh, the man behind the curtain who was pulling all the levers and making everything happen. We kind of get a glimpse behind the curtain into the spiritual realm. What was happening in the invisible realm, the spiritual realm? The Babylonians were merely the human instrument that God used to carry out his judgment. And I mentioned last week that we, we live in a physical world and we see what is happening in the physical world, but there's a spiritual world that we do not see. And there are things happening in the spiritual world that are being played out in the physical world. And so there's always a physical explanation for things, but there's also a spiritual explanation for things. And here the spiritual explanation is uh, God brought this fire down on the city of Jerusalem. This is fire from his throne. Verse three says, now the cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple when the man went in and the cloud filled the inner court. So the cherubim were on the southern side of the temple. This is the opposite side from which the angels began their judgment uh, in the temple in chapter nine. They started they came from the north and started at the north gate. Now you have the cherubim at the southern end of 
of the temple. You would approach the temple from the southern side because you went up into the temple from the southern side. So this is the main entrance to the temple courts. And so the cloud filled the inner court, verse 4, then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and paused over the threshold of the temple. And the house was filled with the cloud and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now. Search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. The sound of the wings of the cherubim was heard even in the outer court like the voice of Almighty God when he speaks. I mean, what a description Ezekiel gives here of what he sees in this vision. The house of the Lord is filled with the cloud. The court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. If you remember Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration and the the, the light, you know, shined forth out of his out of his body, brighter than the sun. It was a blinding light the glory of God shining forth. And here the brightness of the Lord's glory is shining in the temple shining in the courts of the temple. You could hear the sound of the wings of the cherubim, even to the outer courts. It was like the voice of Almighty God uh, when when He speaks. If you remember back in chapter 8, there were a lot of people in the temple at this time. This is the same vision. There There were a lot of people in the temple worshiping false gods. Remember that? How Ezekiel walked around the temple and he saw all the different groups of people that were worshiping all the different gods there in the temple. And, and now, same scene, the glory of the Lord fills the temple. And evidently, Ezekiel was the only one who saw the glory of the Lord. If all, all these people that were there you know, worshiping these different gods and the glory of the Lord comes down in a cloud and fills the temple. The brightness of his glory fills the the courts. You could hear the wings of the cherubim around the throne in the courts. And nobody sees it. But Ezekiel. Those those. Other people were there in the temple, but they they weren't looking for the Lord. They weren't looking for God's glory. Their eyes and hearts were fixed on other gods, so they didn't see his glory. They, they, They didn't see this manifestation of God's presence in his temple. They couldn't hear the wings 
of the cherubim. I read these verses and I think, oh, Lord, how often do I miss seeing you? Because I'm so focused on other things. Because my eyes are fixed on something else, something other than you. Not a false god necessarily, not an idol necessarily, but just something else that has my attention, has my focus. And I don't even see the Lord because I'm so fixed on something else. So I, I, I don't I don't see Jesus. I don't hear him. I'm not looking for him or listening for him or looking for his glory. How often have we missed it? I know for me in, in recent months, last three or four months, uh, I've just been so consumed with the news and everything that's going on in the world and all of the chaos and all of the craziness. I finally, just this week, I finally, uh, you know, I, I just blocked news websites on my phone. It just, it, it was distracting me. It's distracting me. I, I, I don't want the news to be the thing that I see and hear. I want Jesus to be the thing that I see and hear. And I don't want to miss him because I'm so fixed on the news. You know, in the New Testament, uh, Jesus told the parable of the sower who sowed seed and some of the seed fell among the thorns. And it says the thorns choked out the seed so that the seed could not bear fruit. And Jesus tells us the thorns represent the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life. You know, just other things that can choke out the Word of God. And I don't want anything choking out the Word of God in my life. I don't want any thorns growing up. And we need to be careful of that, not to allow thorns into our life. Choke out the voice of God. So it goes on here in verse 6. He sees this vision and the glory of God, the brightness of his glory and the cloud that fills the temple in verse 6. Then it happened when he commanded the man clothed in linen, saying, take fire from among the wheels, from among the cherubim. And he went and stood beside the wheels and the cherub stretched out his hand from among the cherubim to the fire that was among the cherubim and took some of it and put it into the hands of the man clothed with linen who took it and went out. And the cherubim appeared to have the form of a man's hand under their wings. So again, on a human level, the fire that burned Jerusalem came from the Babylonians. On a spiritual level, the fire came from the throne of God. Verse 9, And when I looked, there were four wheels by the cherubim, one wheel by one cherub and another wheel by each other cherub. The wheels appeared to have the color of barrel stone. As for their appearance, all four looked alike, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And when they went, they went toward any of their four directions. They did not turn aside when they went, but followed in the direction the head was facing. They did not turn aside when they went. 
and their whole body with their back, their hands, their wings, and the wheels that the four had were full of eyes all around. As for the wheels, they were called in my hearing, wheel. They moved it as one, as the idea there. What Ezekiel sees here is exactly the same vision he saw back in chapter 1 when God first called him and ordained him to be a prophet to the people in Babylon. He gives us some additional details here. Verse 12, for example, uh, the cherubim were full of eyes, which speaks of the omniscience of God. God sees all. Nothing is hidden from him. Each one had four faces. Verse 14, the first face was the face of a cherub, the second face, the face of a man, the third face, the face of a lion, and the fourth, the face of an eagle. Uh, again, this is almost identical to the description to the vision in, uh, of the vision in chapter 1, except here uh, you were given the face of a cherub that replaces the face of an ox from chapter 1. We don't know why this is, but for some unknown reason, he mentions the face of a cherub instead of the face of an ox. In verse 15, Ezekiel tells us this is the same living creature he saw by the river Kibar in chapter 1. And the cherubim were lifted up. This was the living creature I saw by the river Kibar. When the cherubim went, the wheels went beside them. And when the cherubim lifted their wings to mount up from the earth, the same wheels also did not turn beside them. When the cherubim stood still, the wheel stood still. And when one was lifted up, the other lifted up, lifted itself up for the spirit of the living creature was in them. Again, this is exactly out of chapter one. Same vision. And then the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple and stood over the cherubim. And the cherubim lifted their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight. And when they went out, the wheels were beside them and they stood at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house. And the glory of God, of the God of Israel was above them. And so we see here the glory of the Lord is departing from the temple. We saw back in chapter 10, verse 4, the glory of God, which represents the presence of God, began to depart. We saw in chapter 10, the glory got to the the threshold of the temple and stopped there. But now the glory continues to move, departing from the threshold. And again, we see that God is reluctant to leave. He wants to dwell with his people. He wants to have a relationship with them. He wants to be in their midst where he is their God and they are his people. But he can't stay because of all of the sin and all of the corruption. God would prefer that man would repent of his sins and turn back to him. And God has promised that if man would do that, that God would forgive and restore the relationship. And that's what God really wants. That's what God wants from every person. Bible says he's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. The Bible says that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. His preference is that we would turn back to him and be saved. And so he's he's reluctant to leave. He asked me how I know and I 
We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Ezekiel together. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, feel free to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy. And when it gets busy, it can be hard to find the time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go. This way, you'll have encouragement from God's Word throughout the day. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also love to be praying for you. So when you call, feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart, and we'd be happy to pray with and for you. Well, that's all we have time for today. Join us next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Ezekiel, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes It's true.